0: passion and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now here's your host, Jen DuPlessis, mortgage mastery mentor and head chicken charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey
1: everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Today I have with me Matthew Teifke. Got we it. You nailed, right? nailed it. nailed <laughs> it. I've been practicing it for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Teifke, he is one of the co-owners, but founder of TRE Realty, which is Teifke Real Estate company in Austin, Texas. And he's joining us today for a couple of different reasons. One, he was introduced to me by one of my dear friends, Lou Diamond, who many of you have seen in a variety of different places with me and Lou. And so that's the first reason. The second is that he is an accomplished real estate agent. And I thought that this was a good time to bring on and I, you know, brought on real estate agents before and we'll continue to do that as well as loan officers and other people, that he's been very successful doing real estate and quite different than the average real estate agent. And this is why I brought him on. He's going to share his whole story with us. So welcome to the show, Matthew. We're so happy to have you.
2: Thank you. I have a lot of fun doing stuff like this and it's an honor. And I know it's a lot of work, what you do to to keep this rolling. So thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. I'll tell you. Well, uh, January 1st, it'll be six years that we've had this podcast. Um, it's, It's the longest running in this space. And I guess I'm one of the veterans. That's what they tell me in this whole space. So yeah, it is. It's a lot to do it. And because I have two podcasts, it's even more. (laughs) even <laughs> more but i'm always excited to do it because it is so fun to meet so many people across the united states and, and all over the world quite frankly i mean i've interviewed real estate agents in the uk and you should probably listen to that podcast it's pretty interesting stuff and not in the uk he was actually in australia they do things really different but I've heard, he, yeah they I've do
2: the, especially with property management i've heard it's a it's a totally different system as well
1: Yeah. It's different. And, and real estate agents are either sales agents or, or listing. You can't be, you, you have to choose what you're going to be. So you can't just choose per deal. You have to actually choose what you're going to be. And Hmm. he's, yeah. And he's just a buyer's agent. He doesn't do any listings and there's only like 2000 buyers agents in the whole country. Interesting. The rest are listing agents. He's a buyer's agent and he only helps investors. That's all he does. He helps people build Um, their portfolios. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I'd rather be in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. He'd do really good. Yeah, he'd do really good there. So you have a management company. You have some ownership in a management company and a real estate firm and a construction firm, you know, some development and things like that. Tell us how you got started. Give us kind of a background on how you got started in real estate and how long you've been in real estate now.
2: Yeah, so it really started at an early age. Uh, Very blessed to have been able to see how things work in the real estate industry. Uh, when I learned, you know, you put a down payment, you get a mortgage, someone else pays it off. 20 years later, you own it all, 20, 30 years, whatever. I was fascinated. And so my mom uh, was a single mom and we moved. I was born in Cleveland. I moved to Round Rock, Texas, just north of Austin. I was three years old. And my mom was working at an asphalt and paving company. I still honestly don't know how she raised my brother and I, worked a <laughs> full-time job and bought real estate. But she worked hard and I saw a lot of sacrifices and I saw what it took. But over time, she bought two properties, about two, kind of you know varied a little bit, but per year for a eight, nine, 10 year span and did well, made a lot of sacrifices. Also was uh, fortunate to be in a great market. And so I grew up working at the asphalt company that she worked at and I was doing the paving and the striping and the asphalt, the hard labor. I enjoyed it. I, I felt really good after putting in a day's work like that, but it just wasn't enough for me. I just always had this like, want to do my own thing, want to be my own person, be entrepreneurial. And I saw that real estate could allow that if you did it right. Really, I remember being you know, 16, 17, doing some evictions, doing some of the actual work on the houses and just really, really opened my eyes to this is something that, and it's funny, I've, I've come to a revelation. Uh, I used to say, I'm so passionate about real estate. And I've been doing this since I was uh, 17 years old. I'm 29 now. But what I realized is I'm not actually passionate about real estate. I'm passionate about what real estate can allow. Yeah, And that was a, I really realized that like two weeks ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so basically was around it when I graduated high school, I told my mom, Hey, I just want to get my real estate license and not go to college. And she said, absolutely not. You're going to college. You can do that, but I'm cutting you off. And so I was very blessed that my mom was able to pay for my school. I didn't have to get student loans. If I did, I honestly don't think I would have gone to school. Not that I am recommending that one way or another, but went to school in Corpus Christi, South Texas, and I still decided to get my license. Uh, my sophomore year, I got my real estate license, and it was like I remember, like literally, like crying. It sounds funny saying it now, but it was such a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, to do to to get that. And my first year, I usually don't dress like this. Uh, sometimes I do. I'm I'm pretty casual, like flip flops and.
1: I know I've seen on the on the YouTube. Yeah, ideas. and you yeah. can
2: get away. You can yeah. get away with it in Austin. It's a different environment here. Yeah. But I was dressing like this and going to school, and I just could not wait to get out of class to go work at my brokerage. And my whole thing was, I've always been an extremely dedicated, hard worker. Uh, I'm going to be the first one in, last one out, and that's yeah. what I was doing for. Uh, for that, it was a local brokerage in Corpus, and I got the Rookie of the Year, and, and I'm very proud of that because. Yeah. I was a full-time student and yeah, I, was, that tells I was going to right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just hustled <laughs> and mm-hmm. I loved it. I was the TAMUCC realtor. We'll help you find your apartment. It's totally free. Seller pays my commission. I was one of the few people that was doing that. So I was able to uh, get a good amount of clients. I was just working with all the students and my grade started slipping because I was only focused on real, real estate. estate. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And then what happened was my junior year of college I learned about a uh, master's degree of real estate from Texas A&M University in College Station. I was at Texas A&M in Corpus Christi, which is totally different. Yeah. Like I I wasn't able to get into any kind of prestigious schools out of high school. I was more focused on like sports and I did decent but didn't have like a super high GPA. And so I was like, man, I would absolutely love because I've always wanted to do things as good as I possibly can. I'm competitive in a lot of ways. And so I was like, in my mind, I was telling myself, I want to be the best. I want to be the youngest and the best. And if anyone's my age and has done more than me, that's going to piss me off, you know? (laughs) And so I wanted to get this master's degree because I knew I wanted to be in real estate. And I was like, this is going to help me be a step ahead and and push this to the next level. So I started really, really focusing my junior and senior year. Still was doing real estate, just not nearly as intensely, as intense as I could, but I had to get my grades up because getting into AM is somewhat of a procedure school. It's not easy. And I was just thinking, I'm not coming from a great, I mean it was a it was affiliate school, but you know, there's people that go to that program that come from way better schools. And so I was like, I gotta get my grades up. And hopefully me having this experience and this background will make me a little bit unique to get accepted. And so what happened was when I graduated, I had an eight month wait to see if I got accepted into this program in College Station. And I went back home to uh, work for a commercial brokerage called Don Quick and just learned And, and to back up just a little bit, the one thing that I've always done really good at is finding mentors. And so at the brokerage I was at in Corpus, I had a, oh, a guy who was 75 years old. He sat down with me for one hour every single day, and we just talked real estate. And then when I went to Don Quick, I did the exact same thing with the broker. And he's got a, a good name here in the Austin area. So it was just like super committed to learning from people, to doing deals. And then uh, I found out I actually got accepted into the master's program. And that was a big, big deal for me. It was It's an intense program. Like It was people that were honestly a lot smarter than me. I got in. I'm like, I don't, don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I just had a grind. I had to go into the teacher's offices after every single class. But it was a, such a good foundation for the rest of my career. It's all commercial real estate. Everyone that goes to that program has 100% job placement. They go work for Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan, and they become yep. analysts. Yeah. And so I, I got that skill set, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be an analyst. Um, yeah. I wanted to do my yeah. own thing. And so th- I could talk for hours and hours. Yeah. I, I don't know if you want me to pause. Yeah, uh,
1: no. Yeah. And I think that's good. That's a great pause. sounds a lot like my son because he went into finance, but, you know, didn't want to be an analyst, worked, worked at uh, Deutsche Bank up in New York, you know, but just said, I don't want to talk to people. Worked in REITs, BB&T, right? So yeah, it kind of has that that same similar kind of background. So I want to back up just a little bit and I want to I want to just talk about your mom's investing because some people don't realize the type of investing that she did is called step investing. And so tell us a little bit about and and so I'll just give you, you know, a quick rundown of what we did is we did basically the same thing at least one property a year, sometimes two or three properties, you know, a lot of step investing. We were making money, always were making money, you know, being real or loan officers, right? Both my husband and I are loan officers or were, I was, he still is loan officers. And so we made money. So all of the proceeds, the positive cash flow from each of the properties went into snowball to pay them off. So tell us a little bit about her step investing, Because someone who's listening may say, well, you know, I'm not a two income family. How can I possibly invest if I'm a single person, you know, a male or a female? How can I get started in this and sort of buy a house every year? So what would you be telling people to to do that in order to start to step investing?
2: Yeah, I'll try to do my best. I mean, you know, obviously, she'd be the best one to talk about this. But (laughs) my opinion is. I really do believe, and, and it's hard to say blanket statements, but I really believe that anybody can buy real estate mm-hmm. and it just takes a tremendous amount of sacrifice. My mom was on two to three phones at, every, at any given time, all the time. I have two kids right now and I'm married and it's still hard to do what I do with kids. Yeah. She worked in the construction industry as a female, raised two boys and bought real estate. It, it still kind of blows my mind. I ask her about it sometimes and she says it's kind of a blur. And yeah. she just did what she had to do.
1: Yeah. Did she do traditional financing when she bought them or did she, did she immediately go into some, you know, creative situational financing?
2: She primarily did traditional. She mm-hmm. did some hard money, some line yeah. of credit. She had a good job. So she was
1: making good money, good money. Yeah.
2: And literally just taking everything she made and putting it into real estate. Uh, and she told us, she was like, I'm doing this for you guys. These are your properties. Uh, so it's very fortunate and blessed to be in that situation. But the thing is, it's not like these properties made her a ton of money all no. the time. They they kind of paid for themselves. It was a different time in Austin where it was more affordable. So you could you could yeah. buy a property in cash flow for $500, $600. Yeah. Now it's almost impossible here. Yeah. So she was doing that at a good time. She got some appreciation. And then she just got the snowball effect of yeah. being able to refinance and leverage and All of a sudden, she had an amazing banking relationship and she had leverage and she could go buy houses cash with lines of credit. So she just kept doing that. Her biggest strong suit, in my opinion, and it's funny because I still don't think my mom knows that much about real estate. (laughs) I think she just did a great job of getting a great team. Yeah, Uh, She had a, a realtor that would go knock on people's doors. She had a contractor and a management company that were good friends of hers. And they were actually the people that talked her into doing it, yeah. and so she really relied heavily on them and trusted them. And even still to this day, they don't make her that much money, but she's like ten years from paying them off completely and having a good amount of money that's just cash flow. Yeah, and it was and a, that'll it, help her it,
1: for retirement. I mean, and that's what we all do this for, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's a it's a long game. I think there's so many people that think they're going to get rich quick in real estate, and I'm sure you can. But for the most part, I look at it as anybody can do it, sacrifice, play the long game, do things the right way, do your inspections, build great teams. And like I said, it's hard to make blank statements, but I I really strongly believe that that most people can save 10, 15, 20 grand a year if they want to make that sacrifice. If they don't want to go to the bars, if they don't want to go out to restaurants, if they don't go on vacations. And that's not for everybody. But if you do that, you can start buying you know, one a year, one every two years. And, yeah, and yeah. which is exactly benefit. what we did.
1: Yeah, exactly what we did. We, we actually bought our first house. We weren't even married. We were both 19 when we bought our first house and we still have our first house. 37 years later.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> right?
1: And so now we've accumulated multiple, multiple properties, you know, over the years. And yeah, we did step investing, traditional investing. And then it got too much, right? Because you get you have to you get into commercial and now you have to you can't do traditional financing any place. So you have to find some I don't want to say quirky, but you just have to find alternative solutions. So I want to go back to, you know, what was your first home? Cause obviously, you know, when you get your license at 17 you're not technically legal enough to buy, you know, a property you could with cash, I suppose, but you couldn't get a loan because you weren't old enough to get a loan. So what? tell us about your first property that you purchased.
2: Yeah. So it's, uh, it was good the way it worked out. Uh, I bought my condo owner finance in College Station. There you go. Uh, so there. I put 10,000 down, it was $61,000 and I had a $520 uh, total payment, Yeah, which is amaz- amazing. But there's like the mindset that I was able to develop because of that owner finance really put me on this creative route of understanding what's out there. Yeah. So uh, at this time I had done pretty well. i made money. I had good credit and I couldn't get a loan after that from anybody. And it didn't make any sense to me. And Mm -hmm. so I started in 2011. So I was kind of on the back end of uh, what I hear was... uh, you know, yeah. so easy, so easy to get loans and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I- I'm a, I'm a big risk taker. So I often wonder what I would have been like in that time period. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah if you had
0: lost <laughs> it
1: all or yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would have probably taken out a lot of loans hopefully. And I do believe I would have been smart about it, but I, uh, I just started learning about hard money private mm-hmm. loans all these kind of tradition or uh, non-traditional, non-traditional ways mm-hmm. and and now i just i have a very very good understanding i have hard money loans i have private lenders i have a line of credit um and like the traditional is just you know that's my backup backup plan for refinancing yeah um yeah, you know
1: cash out yeah Absolutely. No, I totally get that. So let me ask you this question. I mean, this is one of the things that perplexed me um, the most. And we're going to kind of transition into, you know, helping loan officers help realtors, the realtors that are listening in to, to really jump in this game is, why do you think it is that so many mortgage loan officers and so many real estate agents, because I've been around for a long time in this industry, don't own property? They own their own home. They might own a second home, maybe because they had a good year. So they bought one and they don't rent it, which is crazy. And, but why do you think it is that we don't buy our own product? It's like saying, you know, you should buy a Tesla because you mentioned Tesla a while ago. By the way, my son just gave away a Tesla. Gave one away. I can't believe. Wow! Yeah, in his business, he gave away a Tesla. But, but um, you know, so it's like, oh, you need to buy a Tesla. I drive a Chevy, but you need a Tesla. And so, when clients say, "Is this a good time to buy?" and we're bobbing our heads and going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it is." You should buy, but I'm not buying. Why is that? Why is it we don't have our own? Mm. We're not buying our own product. Well.
2: Uh, like I said, it takes sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it is, it is something that anyone can do, but it's a sacrifice. So that's number one. Not everyone wants to make these sacrifices and do mm-hmm. what it takes. They, and there's nothing wrong with this, but they'd rather go on a vacation once a year than buy a house.
1: Or buy, buy ha- watches. I'm seeing a lot of loan officers buying expensive watches that aren't going to yeah. appreciate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're,
1: they're killing it this year, right?
2: Yeah. And then I try to make things, you're right. Things are easy right now in some ways, yeah. um, but I try to simplify everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And if I had to give you an, a, an answer, it's, it's maybe too simple, but it's, I think it's because they don't want to, like, Yeah. that's, that's not what they desire. They may think that they do, but they don't because back to what I was saying, I, I actually do believe everyone can buy real, because I know multiple people that came from nothing that had nothing, had everything against them. Female, black, you know, yeah. illegal citizen, all this stuff that own multiple properties now. Yeah. And my thing is like, if anyone's done it, that's come from a worse situation or the same situation than you, then you got no excuse. I yeah. fall back on that as my default. Yeah, it's So just, I, yeah, that's it. I just think they don't want it.
1: Yeah. And I I think it's just amazing, though, because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just baffled by it because it is what we do and we're trying to help people, you know, create wealth. And yet we're not creating that. A lot of people aren't creating that wealth for themselves, you know. So let me ask you this question, you know, related to real estate agents. I know a lot of real estate agents that are realtors right <laughs> they're realtors but the only type of real estate they they do is looking for the first time home buyer and the you know the move up buyer and maybe they're selling a house cuz they're going to move it's almost like a whole universe right it's like it's the earth they work with the earth and there's this universe of real estate out there there's commercial there's land there's multifamily there's fix and flip there's tax liens there's there's so much out there Why is it that, or what kind of advice could you give to, let me just, instead of why is it, what kind of advice would you give to real estate agents so that they're doing well right now because the market is? but when they aren't, because exactly a year ago, everybody was singing the blues, right? So what's going to happen when COVID leaves us, you know, and we are out back in the market, rates start going up, people start changing things. What are some things that some real estate agents that you would guide because you have a real estate company of 60 some realtors that work with you, work for you. What are you guiding them to do to ensure that they've got some revenue streams to get them through the next you know, the next time to tap into and start looking at opportunities. Yeah.
2: We, I mean, we promote it hardcore. Uh, we have four calls, free training calls. We tell everyone come join anyone from around the country. We're doing these calls 1030 Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're going to promote making money on every aspect of real estate. Yeah. You got to d- diversify, play the long game. And I heard this quote recently and I love it. And it's he or she who experiments the most wins. Yeah. And I just like, I like trying things out and you're diversifying in that sense. So you just have to step back and realize like the reason that I started a property management company was because I hated the idea of I'm going to be a real estate agent and make commissions uh, here and there. Like, yeah. and that was scary. So I wanted to start with creating something that was stable and consistent and then go take some risks on top of that. Yeah. So, you know, we started, we got uh, about 750 doors that we managed and it was a lot of work. I compare management to being in the trash business. It's yeah. like it's it's the job that nobody wants to do. Yeah. It can be really good money. It's yeah. a thankless job. And so you just have to step back and like strategize. Like how do you perceive to live when you're only selling real estate on referrals? I mean, yeah, you can only be an agent and and people are great with that, but you know, you got to just, in my opinion, like think and try to get a lot of things going.
1: Well, this is, well, think and grow rich. Right. Um, But, but, you know, this is something that it's prevalent in every industry. It's not just in this one, but, you know, is looking for the different revenue streams that could come in. You know, we know that we should all have seven revenue streams. Right. And, you know, really working, working at trying to figure that out, uh, you know, and I know I personally knew and I were talking about this in the green room is that, that, um, you know, I do a lot of subject to. And I've introduced the real estate agents that I used to work with, you know, as a traditional lender, I've introduced those real estate agents to this concept that I couldn't do it when I was a loan officer because it'd be a conflict. Um, now that I'm not licensed, you know, I go to those same real estate agents and say, hey, look, when you're, you're meeting with a client that has less than 6% equity or has to close their house really, really quickly. And we're going to be exploring that here soon because, people got FHA loans with three and a half percent down right before COVID and have lost their jobs and now have to sell. Right. And they don't have enough equity to do it. And that's where I can come in and help out and be a win, win, win for everybody. And I pay referral fees for that. And that's perfectly legal to do. You know, it's paying them commission or finder's fee to be able to do that. And, but I'm floored every time I talk to a real estate agent, it's going, wait, what? You can do that? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. So it's kind of interesting because I find that that just so many people aren't as versed in real estate as loan officers who are versed in mortgages. That a mm. lot of loan officers are versed in mortgages, right? I mean, it's expansive. Having said that, there are loan officers that have no clue about the type of financing I now do, which is all for investment properties.
2: Yeah, there's a whole massive world out there, right? And like, I'd love to give insights on, on what I think is valuable for lenders. And I think the, the more knowledge you can get around and the people that you're around that, that know what you're doing and have those options, I'm a biggest believer in and having as many options as you can. Anytime I put a property under contract, I explore what would it look like to wholesale this? What would it look like to bring on partners? What would it look yeah. like to flip this, to rent it, to Airbnb? Like every option is on the table for me and yeah. the more options the better and it sounds like that's what you have on on the lending side.
1: Yeah. Well, and well yeah because I I just because I do that kind of lending but you know it gets back to the comment that you made a while ago about the fact that you had all these mentors around you. You know, you are and we know this phraseology, right? You are the sum of the five people that you hang around. And I think that's the same thing with this is that you are the sum of the different strategies that you have available to you. And that opens up opportunities. I think there's so many opportunities that are left on the table just because of the ignorance of not knowing that there's these other things out there. Yeah. And living in a bubble, and you have exemplified that by you know your property management and by your real estate company as well as your construction company and your development company. Saying, "Hey, look, I-, I can tap into everything." I love that you said Airbnb because I Airbnb this house that I'm sitting in, my primary residence, and I Airbnb some of our properties that we have said, "You know what? We're not doing as well with just plain rentals. Let's Airbnb this guy," and it just yeah. It's such a better return and the quality, the property is in so much better shape because it's getting cleaned every week or so,
2: you know, you're right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's no excuse uh, because every, everything's out there. You're talking about it. I'm talking about it. We're two people. My wife and I lived in eight houses in two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And, And we own, we owned all of them and we still do. Yeah. And that's what allowed us to do that is we were able, that's back to the sacrifice. Uh, yes. nobody wants to pick up and move every two months but we did it and it allowed us to acquire properties and get good loans and fix them up and then turn them into rentals so there's there's so much info out there and there's so many people that are doing it and that will that do it for free and and guide people um, and so yes. you know just listen yeah. to and get out there and and I, but the thing about me is like I'm the honestly I'm probably the biggest risk taker that you've ever met or anyone's yeah. ever met yeah. like where was it was. It used to be a problem, gambling, uh, big time gambling. And I've tried to channel that risk taking into what I really know and understand. It's worked out pretty well.
1: So what's ahead for you is you're thinking about 2021 and, and we have loan officers and realtors thinking in here, what's ahead for you? What are some thoughts that you have ahead from everyone else? And then I want to leave with the final question of if a loan officer is listening to this, how would you recommend that they introduce real estate agents to work with them and be partners with them to explore things together so that they don't feel like they're on an island by themselves? So let's start with what do you think is happening in 2021? And then what advice do you have for loan officers to help real estate agents?
2: Yeah. So my goal for 2021 is to keep our businesses growing, construction, management, brokerage, wholesaling, and I'm trying to get two big properties next year. I have one right now under contract. It's 14 unit mobile home park. Mm-hmm. And I wanna do one, one more. Yep, and the goal down. is, yep, <laughs> the, the goal is very specific, which is not usually that way for me. I'm kind of just run my head through the wall, grow, 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 talk about things later. Uh, but this is like my goal for 2021, just on the ownership side is I wanna get $10,000 a month in cash flow from two properties. Yeah. To the lender side, it's it's interesting to me. What I've realized is because I have a ton obviously people reach out to me all the time. We have a ton of agents. Very rarely do I see lenders give referrals to agents. Mm-hmm. And I and I my understanding is that's hard because the clients usually start with the realtor for the most part. Which so is, I kinda,
1: I don't understand that.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's but the that's wrong. the way it is. And I guess my biggest advice because I see this every day I told you we we do these training calls and I get lenders to come on and join or I'm a huge massive network coffee's lunch with anybody i strongly believe that like 90% of people play the short game i can't tell you how many lenders come on our our calls and like promote themselves on a 1 hour call and i'm like what are you you actually think that would work you got to show up every day and add value every day and so don't be the lender that you know, call someone and wants to be their lender and buys you coffee one time. And that's it. It's it's so yeah, short-sighted. Yeah, you're,
1: you're speaking to the choir because everyone has heard me for six years. I I play, I can't stand that. Yeah. Good, like, we call good. it show up and throw up, you know, and there's no rule that says that loan officers can't do client acquisition on their own and give business to, to realtors. And from my perspective, why do loan officers wait to get business from realtors when uh, most realtors do 12 deals a year. You know, I mean why am I waiting for you? Um and I don't mean it badly against you cuz I know you're doing more volume but for me as a loan officer I I'm not waiting for real estate agents. I'm going out and I'm doing my own client acquisition. But I also think that, and this is the way that I had phrased that question was there is an opportunity for two people to get in the same boat instead of each person being in a different boat and throwing fish back and forth to get in the same boat and sort of move together and learn together, invest together, partner together so that they can learn different ways to manifest each other's business
2: Absolutely.
1: That's the key. I think is the key is a loan officer saying, hey, realtor, have you ever thought of doing something totally different than just selling houses? Have you thought about, you know, doing wholesaling? Have you thought about investing? What, What things have you thought about? And let's find some resources so we can go learn together on how to do that so we can help each other grow on not only our businesses, but our portfolio.
2: Absolutely. And I don't honestly... I'm sure people feel different ways, but I don't think you have to do that with only one realtor. No, Uh, you can do that with 10 realtors. Of course. And Yeah. And so I think lenders are in an awesome position because, you know, my opinion is it's actually kind of challenging to become a lender. It's really easy to become a realtor. And so there's less competition. There's a little bit of a moat. And then I always fall back on how are you being different? I am like back to the experiment the most what are you failing at? Because that's what's probably going to be exciting on what's coming next. And so like, are you doing, are you doing everything you possibly can? Are you experimenting? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I can't really think of any that right now that I know in Austin that are just like doing like exciting, cool things. I have great Mm -hmm. lenders and people that I trust and like, but nobody that I feel like is pushing the limits. And like, that's what I always want to do is like, how can I like, push the limits. So if you can think of ways to do that and be creative, you know, Facebook live YouTube channel, like just go test things out. Yeah. Like what you're doing. So many people
1: are afraid of failure, but failure, you know, when you're failing, it's demonstrating that you're actually trying. And
2: I don't like, uh, I don't like people not thinking I'm a little crazy. Like if I, if everything <laughs> seems normal, if I'm not, you know, yes. my family's like, you're moving again. Yeah. Yep. I love it. We you are. Know, if we they are. think that I'm being normal, I don't like it. Like <laughs> I want to be pushing the, the limits on any, anything and everything I'm doing.
1: Yeah. And that, and that, and you know, it's, it's an example of why you're so successful because you're shining a light on what makes you different. I talk about this all the time with my coaching and students all the time is, you know, what makes you different? Why should I choose you? and i and i have co- i coach realtors too so it's like why should i choose you well i'm going to put your house in the nmls well I'm sorry not nmls the mls and yeah okay that's expected what makes you different why should i pick you well huh right there's a lot of that huh and so i've really helped people brand themselves you know to be a little bit you know a little bit different and this is one of the things this investment piece here is one of the things that I'm teaching my entire group of students right now is how to be an investor yourself and how to explore these other opportunities that are out there so that when you have something that comes across your desk, you can bring something new to the real estate agent and say, you know, I can't do this traditional, but there is a way to get this done. And here are the people that can help you get it done.
2: Totally. And the other thing, I mean, is, uh, you know, you can be different to make money, but it's being different to just be different. Nobody wants to be the same, like yeah. at your core, like just go feel good about trying something out think about yeah. the money later. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. There's so mm-hmm. many ways to approach it. And depending on your market, I mean, I don't know, you could, you could be a lender in 50 States, probably get all these different licenses. Like, what do you want to do? That's yeah. going to make you different.
1: Yeah. I have this, this in front of me all the time. There so. you
2: go be yourself. Yeah, everybody everyone else, everybody is, else taken.
1: is taken. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I try to remind my, I mean, it sits here on my desk every day. You know, it's like, be yourself, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. If I'm excited about something that's just crazy, I'm excited about it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Matthew, listen, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time uh, with me today and twice today, because we also did a Facebook live. So go check out my Jen Plus's business page. It's at Jen DuPlessis 22. That's my business page. Like, us and follow us. And in there, I do something called getting real with realtors. And we do just little quick things with real estate agents, just so that we can get to know them a little better and see what why they tick and how they tick. And, and it's really for you too, for the, so that people can see you out in the big, bad world. Cause I share it all over the internet to help your business grow as well. And I just want to say, thank you so much. So if someone's heard this and they're in Austin or they're not in Austin, but they want to get on these calls or they want a real estate agent, they're saying, you know, heck, I want to go work with this company. Where, how do we get in touch with you? What is the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, easy. Very easy. com. My email is matttyfeke at gmail. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I really just want to be a resource here in Austin, Texas, Central Texas. My last thing I was just thinking about is like, just go impress people. Like if you're going to impress a realtor or a client, things are going to work out well for you. And then people can get a hold of me on my cell phone if they want. 512-914-4806. Would love to support your listeners, you, and just play the long game.
1: Awesome. I absolutely love that. And I was smiling when you said impressed because one of the things I teach both to realtors and to loan officers is something called a partner impression program, a PIP. And in it is instead of showing up and throwing up, instead of one and done, you have a meeting and now there is a process behind there to impress that partner for a period of time and stay in touch. Just exactly what you're talking about. So I love that you said that because that just brought it all in, all in. So thank you again so much, Matthew. I wish you the best of luck going forward. You, I mean, it's the sky's the limit. You're young. You have all this ahead of you. So I just wish you the best of luck. Thank you
2: so much for being
0: on the show. Appreciate it. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests,